The nature of office jobs has changed this year with the global coronavirus pandemic forcing many organisations to shift to remote working and rethink how the enterprise operates. But the move towards home working has also brought new challenges and risks for cybersecurity, and more could emerge when people eventually start heading back to the office too. I'm Danny Palmer, this is ZDNet Security Update, and with me to discuss these challenges is CrowdStrike CEO George Kurtz. Thanks for joining me, George. So what are some of the key ways remote working has altered cybersecurity and cyber attacks in 2020? Well, thanks for, uh, for having me. And when we look at remote work, or as we like to term it, uh, work from anywhere, I think we've seen uh, a shift in the attackers. And one of the realizations that they've come to is that uh, many of these systems are now not sitting behind a corporate firewall, right? Not having the protection of a network and uh, potentially exposed. And you have many different levels of security when you're sitting at home. It could be a router, it could be configured right, could not be configured right. And we've seen a lot of attacks focused on remote workers and trying to get people to click Word documents specifically around COVID and infect them with malware to gain access to those systems outside of the corporate network. And I suppose that's the thing though, in, in this time, the security team is also probably working remotely to some extent as well. Well, you know, before you know, people shifted to working from anywhere, you know, if something was you know, suspected as you know, going wrong or there was concerns, the security people could come and sort of just come over to your desk and sort of you know, have a chat. Well, now it's a bit more difficult to even determine what is going on now everyone's remote. Well, absolutely. And that's, that's been a real challenge because a lot of the legacy tooling that most companies have used were really built and designed to be run within the corporate network, right? And they had the ability to touch and get to a machine. Uh, now with all of these workloads and remote workers outside the corporate network, I mean, effectively we've taken the internal network and turned it inside out like a hat, you know, like now everybody's sitting on the outside. And I think that's one of the areas why we've uh, continued to see uh, success in the field is because with the cloud architecture, we're able to touch and feel those machines, if you will. And, uh, and uh, you know, things like forensics, how do you do remote forensics? Well, you know, again, need a cloud architecture to be able to do that. How do you uh, reset passwords? How do you, you know, if the system is having a problem, how do you engage with it? Uh, and those are all things that companies are struggling with. We're helping in many of those areas, but the overall protection and visibility is, you know, people have designed these, these legacy systems to be able to communicate with the network on premise. But when you, when you literally take your desktops home and some companies have made people like take their stuff home, including their laptops, um, they just didn't have visibility in those areas. So that's been a key gap for many companies that we've seen in the industry. And it's a gap that's going to have emerged you know, very swiftly as well. I mean, in some cases, the, the organizations have had maybe a week's notice if they're lucky to you know, organize the shift towards working from home and all the uh, changes that involves not only for the way people work, but the way people uh, can do security. Well, that's true. I was talking to a CIO uh, probably back in April, and I always asked, how's your digital transformation roadmap going? And he laughed and he said, well, that was a two-year roadmap that we executed on a single day in March. You know, and it, it's just really accelerated the fact that people now have to think differently. They have to operate differently. And, um, you know, I think it's really accelerated what people are doing with cloud architectures as well as moving their own infrastructure to the cloud. So um, it's something that hopefully uh, there's some good that comes out of this pandemic. Obviously, it's a, it's a terrible situation, but I think it, it has let people take a fresh look on their IT digital roadmap as well as their security programs. That's a good point because you know, a lot of people are now getting used to working remotely 
Uh, I mean, what's it going to mean for the security side of things when in the future people start returning to workplaces when people want to either you know, work from home more regularly or not go back at all? Or, or is there even a risk that you know, someone could take their laptop they've been using at home and it's got you know, all sorts downloaded onto, onto it because their kids also been you know, downloading Minecraft skins or something. Yeah. And uh, that might not necessarily be from legitimate websites, let's say. Well, I think that, you know, pro tip number one is never let your kids use your computer or use their computer. It's a bit of a Petri dish. So um, I, I think making sure that doesn't happen is, is a good thing. And, and obviously, sometimes it can't be controlled because when people went home, it was, hey, let's get back to work. If you have a home computer, you know, we're going to have to enlist this. And uh, part of what we've done as well is we've allowed uh, work from home to use our technology, which is something that we hadn't done in the past. So, you know, when we think about work from home and what it means, uh, I can tell you what I do know. What I do know is it's not going to look the way it did before the pandemic. Um, and obviously, I don't know the future, but I can give you my view of it. And I think there's going to be a more of a clustering type concept where you'll have hub offices, people will be assigned to those. And uh, you can come in if you need to, you can work from home or work from anywhere if you want. But you have sort of a home base if you need to get it. Um, and you know, what I'm saying is I don't think everyone's going to go back to the office and I don't think everyone's going to work from home. I think there is going to be this hybrid model. And then when you look at that, you also have uh, CFOs getting excited saying, okay, well, you know, our travel is down and this, this actually worked. We're productive in a remote work from home. That's great. We're saving money and we want to save money on real estate. The reality is I think though, in the office situations where you actually have an office, um, you may not be able to save on the real estate because of the density, right? You may have half the people, but the same amount. So what we've seen, and where am I going with this, uh, with, with respect to security, is that companies are looking at their offices like a hotel. You're gonna come in, you're gonna get a guest network access, right? And you're gonna use the cloud for all your security brokering and, all, and, and getting access to all the applications. So it's gonna be no different than showing up at a local hotel and working when you show up to the office. You might have better collaboration, but that's the way people are looking at it, particularly around a zero trust type initiative. And hopefully when the, these uh, setups are constructed, uh, they will have slightly better uh, security than you know, some of these public spaces that you've mentioned, you know, places like uh, hotels. And we've all used them. We've all gone to hotels and uh, restaurants, uh, cafes connected to the Wi-Fi. An enterprise is going to need uh, a bit more of a stronger defense than say, the public network of a hotel might have? Well, that, that's, that's true in terms of probably the way it's going to happen. But the reality is, when we look at zero trust, the, the, the new firewall is really the endpoint, right? And your endpoints and your workloads and your computers and your mobile users and their phones and everything else should be able to operate wherever, even in a hostile environment. So even if you showed up and you had a, a network that was hostile, uh, and I don't think the corporate network is going to be hostile, even if it's a guest network, um, it should still be resilient. And that's really where we see the future going is this zero trust initiative, which is, hey, I don't care where that workload is. I don't care where that computer is. I have to understand, is it secure? Who's behind the keyboard? And what applications they can actually get to. And it's, it doesn't matter whether they're on or off the corporate network. And, and I think that's really the future of where security is going. In terms of uh, how attackers are operating, have they changed uh, how they do things uh, this year? Because we've talked about how security has had to adapt. I guess it's probably the same for attackers in some respects as well. 
Well, there is no shelter in place for the adversary, right? So they, they can stay home, but the borders don't mean anything, right? And I think when you have a time of chaos like we have today, you have uh, security operation centers that are not, you know, working in tandem. You know, when you have a team of 20 people in a room and you're saying, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that? You know, it, it becomes a lot easier when you think about the threats. And, and just like what we've seen in the past um, during holidays, one of, one of the, the most the busiest time for attackers is between Christmas and New Year's because everybody's out of the office, right? So everybody's out of the office now and security operation teams are diffused. So it makes for a great opportunity for the adversary. People are not necessarily looking after the store and um, it's harder to get you know, visibility unless you have, uh, again, cloud technologies that can give that to you. We've seen a 330% uh, increase in malicious files using COVID, just as an example. So things related to who? Things related to um, you know, government programs for financial assistance, things related to uh, vaccines. Um, anything related to COVID, I mean, we've seen an increase and a lot of hands-on keyboard activity, particularly in the e-crime space, right? So we've seen nation state actors always been busy, particularly around COVID. You've probably seen some of the news stories around that, probably reported on them. Um, we knew that was gonna be an area of focus. But the other thing that we've seen, massive increase in e-crime, particularly around enterprise ransomware. That's certainly something that's been noticed over the course of the last six months that, yeah, ransomware attacks seem to be uh, becoming more and more uh, effective. And I suppose, it's the case that you know, if the whole enterprise is remote and the servers at the at headquarters are shut down, that's going to cause problems you know, across the entire organization, which, you know, if you're working from home, you're not going to be able to you know, really do anything if you can't access the services you required to do your job. Well, correct. And what we've seen, um, you know, to kind of follow on to your earlier question, what we've seen in the enterprise ransomware space is traditionally in the past, you've seen a phished email, you get encrypted, $300, Bitcoin, what have you, and you're up and running, right, if you decide to pay it. Now with enterprise ransomware, we're seeing um, the e-crime groups take a lot of the techniques from the, from the state actors, which is they're getting in silently, they're using, they're not always using malware, a lot of fileless attacks, they're getting into the domain controllers, and then using things like SCCM, they're distributing all of the ransomware out into the environment, then they're actually stealing the data, Okay, and then they're activating the ransomware. So now you have you have a bit of a Hobson's choice. You can pay for the ransom, right, and get your data unencrypted. Or if you don't pay and you're going to restore from backup, they dump your data. So now you have a data disclosure issue. So you can see how their their techniques have actually advanced over the years from a simple fish and, and getting three hundred dollars in in Bitcoin. And we're talking millions to recover. So what are some things that organizations should be doing to protect themselves? Uh, from ransomware attacks and other types of cyber attacks. So, you know, as we move forward through 2020 and whatever happens next. Well, you know, again, I think when you look at ransomware and how it happens, um, and even the enterprise ransomware, there's various telltale signs. So having good visibility on the endpoint and workloads and using things like AI rather than signature-based technology and protection, I think is going to be important. And typically what we've seen uh, as an example in enterprise ransomware, and this, is, this comes out of our Overwatch team, which, which does managed threat hunting, is we've seen the telltale signs early on of someone trying to get in uh, and trying to plant the ransomware. So if you have that level of visibility with like an EDR tool, you're gonna be much, uh, you're gonna be much better shape because they're gonna start to try to stage this ransomware before they activate it. 
Um, obviously, if, if you get fished and there's a ransomware, you want to be able to just be protected from what's running. And that's, you know, that's good AI machine learning technology. But enterprise ransomware, we've seen a bit of a staging and getting that visibility early on is important. So, you know, this concept that we talk about 11060 is identify something within a minute. Not every attack can be stopped by antivirus or malware detection, right? Because some of it is credential theft. So detect it within a minute, investigate within 10 and then remediate within 60. And I think if, if uh, you can uh, create your tooling and your processes around that, you have a much better shot of not having a massive impact. And, and the issue when we think about ransomware is, yes, it's expensive, but it, it really is a business resiliency issue. This is moved away from, and it's an annoyance, you know, in 2000 to have your machine infected and you gotta get a new machine or get it re-imaged to like, you could be down, you can be out of business, you could not be shipping products for six weeks. Um, and that's what boards of directors now are really focusing on is the, the resiliency aspect of security. And the enterprise ransomware, I think, is one of the biggest risks that most businesses face today. Well, hopefully anyone watching this takes on, on board the advice you've given here and uh, it helps prevent them from falling victim to a cyber attack. Uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update, George. It's been uh, very much appreciated. And for uh, all of you watching out there, be sure to uh, keep reading ZDNet for more information on uh, cyber attacks and advice on how to uh, stop yourself from falling victim to them. Thanks for watching.